Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. So we're doing our next deep dive, and it's kind of coming up in reverse order of World Championships 1. So, so far, we've done the Mariners, the Padres, and now we're going to do the Rays, and they have in common... They've never won a World Series. They've made it there. They have made it there, and they're a much better team. So here's here's the really interesting. I, I think to start with the Rays that I find is really interesting. They were born the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, and and I I don't know if there was some scuttlebutt about the fact that the Devil was in their name or something like that. But they for the first uh, nine years of their existence, and they started the year after the Marlins won the '97 World Series, only in, in in business for four years. The Rays came in on a '98, and in their first nine years, they went six forty five and nine seven. Seventy-two for a three ninety-nine winning percentage. They were not very good. They were terrible, which is even harder because they came in with another team in the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were pretty much good right away right from the start. Went to the playoffs in ninety-nine, went to the World Series, and won it in two thousand one. So uh, not as much since then, but they got a World Series, which probably helps a lot. So then, some genius in Tampa, right? They say, you know what? It's the name. So we're going to drop devil from our name, Dana Carvey, I think it comes to mind, uh, the devil, uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays from 2008 to two, 2022 are 1,234 and, and 1,033 losses for a 544 winning percentage, seven playoff appearances, uh, and two pennants. So the moment that they changed their name. They won seven uh, uh, playoffs in went to the playoffs seven times in fourteen years. Now immediately it started because they started years. making good trades right around this time when they renamed themselves the Rays. Ownership actually came out and said they were going to spend more money on the team, and they definitely started trying more to put a quality baseball product out. And pretty much right away it started turning around for them. They immediately started seeing dividends. You know. And turning into a less of a joke franchise. And now they've been, you know, a perennial fixture over the last five or six years at the top of the AL East. Well, and and, and before Joe Madden came. And so Joe Madden, I think, was a huge change for them because that the whole, you know, the way they played and the way they approached the game and always under-resourced, right? Would that be fair to say in terms of the Rays? In terms it always of- felt like they were, it felt like they were the new Oakland Athletics where it was just <laughs> like, they were sort of doing things their own way and they had their own way of looking at guys and the, and how they played and they're like well these guys work for us well and and one of the things and i've never been there but you can talk about having been in that ballpark because i i've never been in that ballpark not a great place to watch a game i will admit it's not the most the stadium the people were as nice we were a bunch of drunk college kids there to root on the royals because i was with a bunch of guys from you know missouri who were all giant royals fans so we were just there to be loud and obnoxious and the fans were all I think the Rays fans seem to actually enjoy that there were other fans there kind of like watching and giving that atmosphere because they seem to enjoy our antics more than anything else. So that was good. But I can imagine playing all of your games in that stadium would be a very odd experience. And that's the only stadium they've ever played in. Yeah, it's still the same stadium. And this is their 25th anniversary season. Mm-hmm. So silver anniversary. And I'm sure the Rays came in this year with high hopes since they, you know, had a good team last year. Uh, didn't quite get there. Um, and it's not necessarily going quite as well this year um, as as they probably would have hoped, quite frankly. No, I think I think they were hoping for, especially after last year and how good they were. And, you know, obviously they lost to the, the Red Sox and the ALDS last year. But I think they thought, Okay, they were going to come back and be another contending team right up there with the Astros and the White Sox for the AL pennant and injury and some other stuff. It just hasn't been their year this year. 
And and you know when you think about the Rays uh, and and we don't watch them play all that much, uh, but certainly it's easy to know the team. They haven't been around you know that long, twenty five years. Um, they sort of have always been devoid of what you'd consider to be great players, like you know really the very best players. Have they ever had the best player in the no. league on their team? I don't think so. Not I, even the top. They've to two me, or three. Team, I would describe them as pitching before hitting. Yes. Obviously, there was that brief period of time when they had like Carl Crawford and Evan Longoria, and I think there was like one other guy that was wasn't big game. Big game, James, a big a big pitcher on that team, James Shields, and then he got traded to the Padres. But I, for the most part, I feel like they've always sort of been known as a pitching and fielding team. So um, by war, you know, and it's funny because so if you go to Baseball Reference, you can look up any franchise. I would assume that Longoria is number one, and, and and that is correct. So Evan Longoria, who we have talked about, going hard to believe, but. He might be a guy who has a chance. At he the might Hall be Tampa Bay. He might be Tampa Bay's first Hall of Famer. Maybe I don't think is, so. I'm going to guess Carl Crawford's number. Carl two. Carl Crawford is indeed number two, um, and Ben Zobrist mm. is number three. He played a bunch of Tampa. years there, but I don't know that I would have uh, would have gotten that. And then you're going to have guys like Chris Archer and Kiermaier is number four. Not, He's there now. David Price. So so he might have had the chance to be the best Ray of all time because his pedigree coming out of Vanderbilt was you know this great and pitcher. he was a great pitcher for them but then he ended up leaving and he's sort of just been a fringe guy now for a while james shields is behind him uh carlos pena there he was a that was the other guy yeah yeah big 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 first baseman uh bj upton uh, a casimir actually is ahead of bj upton so casimir met fans a little sore about trading victor zambrano for him all those years ago that was such a terrible trade it's a terrible trade um bj upton is is there um, Julio Lugo is the tenth highest WAR all time. That 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 really kind of tells you a lot. Um, nothing wrong with Julio Lugo, just like you know he was a you know a, a baseball player. Um, and Desmond Jennings is number eleven. Ooh, who? <laughs> and and Chris Archer you mentioned is number twelve all time. So they don't go any past twelve. And then you go to other teams, they might have twenty five or thirty guys there. Yeah. Uh, well, but maybe it's only twenty five years. So give them a chance because cumulative stat that war like is last now are going to be on it's there gonna in a couple hard, of years. But they just lack that sort of franchise player they've never there's the face of baseball has never even remotely been thought to be coming out of tampa bay they've never had a guy that's even been even price at his best was never at that level um eh, he was he was really the closest and, and so they did bring in a player who played for the red sox and the yankees and was a, an all-time he is a hall of famer mm-hmm. uh, ended up going to tampa i think was his last got his three thousandth hit there too it, right right so he you know wade boggs we're, we're talking about not listed in the top uh, 12 no, all time, pro- but his going to Tampa was a big deal. It, and him playing for Tampa was a big deal. It helped legitimize them. In, in a, it, yeah, without, yeah, I know what you mean, right? It, it just like, like, okay, now we need to pay attention because Wade Boggs is on the team. And he got his 3,000th hit there. It was a home run. I believe he also completed the Wade Boggs challenge as outlined in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> and what would that be? Uh, drinking the entire 12-pack of beer on the flight from Philadelphia to Tampa Bay. <laughs> so, so he didn't go there until he was 40 i, I should probably have- i'm pretty sure a 40 year old way boggs could have done that <laughs> i'm just saying okay okay so he played there in 98 and 99 um and he uh batted two uh 280 and and actually it's always relevant to talk about batting average and talking about Wade boggs obviously uh 348 and 400 slugging and then came back in 99 at age 41 played 90 games he hit 301 with a 377 on base and a 754 off so i mean that's 
This that's, guy's 41. That's contr- quality contributor right and, there. And that's just another reason why Wade Boggs is a Hall of Famer. So um, do good hit. Not the most famous, you know, Tampa Bay Ray, but might be the best baseball player ever to wear a Ray uniform. Yeah, because I can't think of some other Hall of Fame Hall of Famer that's like briefly. There might have been one that stopped in there for a year in the twilight of his career that I'm not thinking of. But Boggs, I think, is the highest profile guy that they've had. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So you know, I, it's it's not fair to a certain degree. And I guess when we do the Diamondbacks, and they will come up when we get to all the teams that have won one World Series. Right. Uh, the, Di- the Diamondbacks. The thing is, is the Diamondbacks are going to be like they got their World Series from guys you do not think of as Diamondbacks. Right. Good point. Right. Good point. And so the Rays, when they went to their World Series, know that this is a. That was a homegrown weight. Yeah, as much as it could be a homegrown team. That that, that organizational that Diamondbacks team. World Series win was a bought team. Was I mean, yes, you had Luis Gonzalez, but it was spearheaded and won on the backs of Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. That was a very mercenary World Series, and it worked. Yeah, very and, well. And and so I think the Rays would now, as any team would sign up, you know, to to win a World oh, Series. Oh yeah. And 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 it's been tough for them, right? Because uh, I think Glass Glass now is a great pitcher, and he hasn't pitched now in a season and a half or the something. Sh- like that. W- Waiter Franco has been yeah, Waiter on- Franco not a, not a, having anywhere near what they expected after last season. He came out so strong. So mm. I, granted, I think this year is a year you're probably for him going to chalk up a little bit to injury, right? But they have McClanahan, yeah, they, who's been unbelievable, right? So so Rosarena has not been the guy that showed up in the 2020 playoffs, but it was unfair to expect that from him. Yeah, I, I still am a little disappointed. I guess I expected him to by now. See, this is what I kind of expected from him all along. I was surprised he was as good as he was last year, to be honest, because it just seemed so guys just don't do that. Well, he won the rookie of year in 21. Right. Right. So, so, um, and, and that is last good. year. So he's that, been good this year. That is last year. So, but if you look at the season last year, I, I kind of agree. He, he, uh, was 274, 356, 459 slugging ops plus 129 caught stealing 10 times leading the league, got 20 steals. So he's successful two thirds of the time. Not terrific. Um, and, and so that's good for a rookie. Right. <laughs> the problem was is because of what he had done in the playoffs, we came in expecting right. him to be at superstar level. And you kind of expected, okay, we'll give him a rookie year to adjust. But, you know, we expect a top level this year, and I don't think he's been that. No, no, he, he leads the league in only one statistic, and that's, again, caught stealing. So, Which is uh, not a great <laughs> stat. One of the few stats you do not want to lead the league in. So I, I think, you know, they have the, the team now in place, um, much more so than the Diamondbacks, um, uh, that they – you know, they have a lot of good players, and there would be no reason to think that the, the, the Rays are further away next year. They should be right where they are now if they're not going to do it this year. I would say that with a little here or there, they could be a team. I think the Rays now, are the kind of team. Right in it. I think if you're the Rays, you have to look at this and go, you don't make any crazy moves at the deadline this year. You go, you know what? It's not this year. It's not this year. We got hurt. The Yankees are playing out of their mind. The Orioles are even playing super well this year. Let's just punt this year. Let's not mortgage our future to go bring in some guy to maybe have an outside chance at running into the playoffs when you can just wait for next because you're not old. 
Right, that's what I'm saying. And, and they've got some young talent, and uh, so, certainly on the pitching yeah, staff. It makes perfect sense to just do Their it. relief pitching this year has, like, they always manage to find all these relievers, the Rays, and they come in and they pitch lights out like Fairchild a couple of years ago. Their relief pitching has not been nearly as strong this year, has not been as lights right, out. Right, right, because advanced stats are a predictive tool. They are not a portent of the future. So I want to ask you, about about the Rays, and, and, and on this podcast, we, we talked about it at the time. So the World Series a couple of years ago, Kevin Cash, manager, um, takes Blake Snell out, and they end up losing the game to, to the Dodgers and then the World Series as well. Kevin Cash is still the manager of the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. Is that a good thing, bad thing, or doesn't matter one way or the other? It shows that they're not lying about that they are an analytics-driven team. Because they took out Snell because it was an analytics decision. And so they're not punishing Kevin Cash for following what they their entire line of thinking. Because if you're going to do that, then you don't actually believe in the analytics. You believe in whatever is winning you the baseball game in that moment. So I, I think – and were they validated because, like, for instance, last season they won 100 games. Right, so th- they're uh, a good team. He's a good manager. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the only way we're, we're going to limit success generally to only the team that won the World Series. If you didn't win the World Series, we generally don't call that a successful season, Yeah, and, and, <laughs> which really isn't fair. It, it, it definitely isn't fair. And I think if you were Kevin Cash, you have to stop yourself from glinging at Blake Smell right now going, well, see? Yeah, was I wrong? <laughs> See, I took him off because he, he he's not pitching deep in the games this season, and and so they, so I I think I think if you're if you're Kevin Cash, I think what you have to look at is that if you're if you're a Rays fan and you're a manager, would what I've learned is what's the team like? Mm-hmm. Is the team the team doesn't seem like they're play, you know this is the kind of season where I think. If they come out listless at the beginning of next season, then Cash might end up on the hot seat. Well, and Cash might be the key term when it comes to the race because this is not a team that spends money, right? So just think think about a team that is as good as we think they are. And and I like this player. He's a nice player to have on the team, but he he should be a complimentary player. G-Man Choi, right? So he, should he be your first baseman or should you have a thumper at first base who can really help you score runs in a way that they would never go out and spend the money for? Right. So, so the problem that is that actually works against Cash. Because if you're not going to go out and spend the money on a big, sexy free agent signing, well, you could go out and spend the money on a big, sexy free agent manager. That's going to cost you a lot less. Yeah, but if you've got the same player. And, and again, the ballpark, we talked about that before. It's, it, it may make it difficult to attract people to come and play in, in, the, you're, in you're, that you're, ballpark. Well, well, the biggest thing is the, the last turf field the state in, in you're baseball. playing in. That's a big attracting point is you got to go play in Florida. And you're going to make a lot more money because you're playing in Florida. No state income tax. Yep. You know, so, you know, people from Toronto in particular, where they're paying more taxes, you know, than the Blue Jays are like, oh, trade me to the Rays. At least I'm going to make a lot more money, even if they pay me the same. Exactly. So I think I think at the end of the day, if you're if you're a Rays fan, you would hope that this would be the type of offseason where you go in and you make one or two moves to really strengthen your team. Maybe you go get a first baseman. Maybe you go get some. You know what? The Mets don't Mets win the World Series and they don't sign Edwin Diaz. Go throw the go throw the bag at him and bring him in to be like, okay, now all those ninth inning, any of those ninth inning losses that we had last season, we're not having them now. It it does make it hard if you're the Rays, right? Because you think, okay, Juan Soto's out there. 
there is no chance that Juan Soto is remotely interested in going to what is a good team in the Tampa Rays. He thinks about the ballpark, no the chance. market, going, you you're know out on You're out on Soto. You're out on Otani from right, the beginning. Right, You're just not in and on this. And for the fan base, that's really hard, right? Because you're, you're saying right, but how we're going to have to always be the little team that could. Oh, right, but but then again, with guys like Otani and Trout, like what, then like fan bases of you know 28 of the 30 teams need to be annoyed because basically no one. Right, right, most teams are out. Right, that's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, I, I I feel like they they had the chance. The only chance this year would be to do what the Mariners did, right, and win fourteen in a row uh, out of nowhere and very soon. Uh, and right. then the Rays could say, okay, maybe it is. You know, we do have a chance, but I think that's what it's going to take for and them the, to do the pro- something. And this the problem year. is, it's too late to do that because by the time you win fourteen in a row, the trading deadline's passed. Now. Right, that's coming up real soon. So uh, we're gonna so, you know, so see that, what we got. I, I think a team like the Rays will stand pat. I think a team like. I could see a team like the Blue Jays making a move because they're first in the wild card right now. Make a move, secure your spot. You don't have to think about it. Um, one of the teams in the Central for the AL will also be a buyer. You think? Yeah. Either the Twins or the White Sox because they both look at that division as winnable. Or the Guardians. One of those teams is going to think we can win that division and they'll go out and get somebody. So um, the last thing we'll say is, you know, we, we, we mentioned in passing and we kind of just touched on it, Evan Longoria Hall of Fame, um, you know, would go in as a Ray, and I think that would definitely be the case. Right. So I can't imagine he would go in as a giant unless it like his own request for whatever reason. So this is his 15th season. Uh, and he's not having a bang up season, uh, you, know, you know, older player, or whatnot. No, no, I, I know he's not having a bang up season because I see Wilmer Flores playing all but the time. He, he does have 326 career home runs mm-hmm. in his 15 years. He's got uh, one, two, three, uh, three gold gloves. Only two, however, with Tampa, and he got a gold glove with the uh, the Giants. No, no, three with Tampa. His last year with Tampa in 2016, 57.7 career war. And, and this is where war kind of throws you off because I think his defensive metrics really help push his war number Agreed. up higher than it probably should be. Career ops of 121 because the on-base career is 335. Yeah, that doesn't sound I, I Hall think, of I think at the end of the day, Evan Longoria is a poster child for the Hall of Very Good. Yeah, he's an almost guy for sure. And and But the Rays need somebody in there, and he's the guy that's closest right now. He's they the got, guy that's closest got, right now. I think, you know, you might need one of those pitchers. You know, you need Glasnow to stay healthy for five, six years and have, you know, a couple Cy Youngs in there. Then he might get it. I hope he pitches soon. Me too. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cooper.